Coming to you from Star Studios in Calvert, Texas, this is Coffee with a Sign Painter, a podcast hosted by me, sign painter Sean Starr. Our groovy intro music was written and recorded for this show by Fergal Aller of the Cranberries. Thanks, Fergal. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> mm. So, so we're going to have a lot of catching up to do because um, last time that we saw each other in person was at your workshop down in Taylor, Texas. Yes, at Norma Jean's. Boy, yeah. that, that was, was what, fun. That was over two years ago now, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, quite a while. That was the end of one tour for that year. I think it was a November or December, but yeah. Are you going stir crazy from kind of being stuck at home? Not well, traveling just, all that much? It's just the opposite because I've moved. I've been in one place, Mazeppa, Minnesota, since I was four years old, 1965. And I didn't plan on this, but for me to move out of there, it would have to be something special somewhere. Uh-huh. And I've been looking for four or five years, just just tired of the same old thing some of the same old people that bug you for years. It's just sure. like, come on, man, I'm doing everything I can for this town. And you guys just go, come on, give us some more for free. Just got tired of that. And then my niece says, I know you're looking for something. Come on down here to Iowa. My father-in-law owns an old church. I said, well, I don't want to spend a lot of money. And she goes, well, he's standing right here. I'll ask him what he wants for it. Hey, you want to sell that church to Mike? And he goes, yeah, sure. So ask him what he wants. He said, no, 20 grand. <laughs> I'll take it. Do you want to look at it? Nope. I'll take it. I'll just take it without looking at it. And it's it was built in 1947. It's fantastic. It's about yeah. the, the pictures hour. that you've sent me over the last month have just been like, wow, what in the heck? That's amazing. It's an hour south of where I was. And we moved ourselves, my wife and I, my brother, other people. And it took us three months. So it was mm. full-time moving. I really didn't have any time to think about anything else. Yeah. But when you're moving, you go back in time because here's all this stuff in the attic, in the basement. Well, uh-huh. here's that letterhead meat. Here's that T-shirt. Here's that gold leaf thing I never finished. Here, yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. And then once in a while, people be, Mike, when are you coming back on the road? Well, I can. It's this COVID thing. So we're living out of boxes and we really haven't had time to sit down and see what's going on. In the meantime, I was doing some signs as well, because you got to, because yeah. people don't care. They'll come in and go, Hey, what's going on? Well, I'm moving. <laughs> okay. I need this truck and I need that. Yeah. Okay. I'll have it next week. So yeah. we it, went through the same thing chaos. two years ago and, you know, I bought this old historic building down in central Texas and, you know, you you can tell people even like, hey, I just need like, you know, two or three weeks to like get some stuff settled in. And it just like goes over their head and they're they're still wanting you to like yeah. <laughs> jump and get it done. You're like, oh my God. It's the same when I was traveling and I'd come home. They'd stay in their small little world. They're like, so Mike, you're overseas. What they think of right away is, oh, you're in Paris. You're in <laughs> You're in here and there. Well, yeah, I was, but I'm working. I'm yeah. teaching people. 
it's not just sitting at the Champs-Élysées with a cup of tea and your finger out. Right. And they just go, you just look at them like, well, that's not the answer they want. But then they'll see somebody over your head and go, oh, there's Bill. He got a new tractor. I'll be right back. Yeah, let's go talk to Bill about his tractor. The hell with Paris. Anything I tell you about overseas, you're not going to understand anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> but God bless them. How, you know, how big is Mazeppa? That, I think that's about the size of the town we're in down here. It's 842. Oh, it's a little smaller. We're, we're 1,100, so we're, we're more bustling than Mazeppa was. Well, when I had my letterhead meet in 99, it was 400 painters in a town of 800. It was Woodstock of letterheads. We took over the town for amazing. a week. That's amazing. But now I'm in a town of 120, Chester, oh, Iowa. Wow. And I'm going to do it again. I just got to wait a while to get settled in. <laughs> so that's the Chester. I saw that you had the word Chester in your email, and I was like, what's Chester? Is that your middle name? What is that? But it's the town. Okay. Yep. It's the town. It's right over the border, and uh, it's got one bar, a little truck stop, an insurance agency, a Lutheran church, a German Amish furniture store, and now me in a church. I, I think it's awesome, the juxtaposition of, you know, you've lived your whole life in these micro towns, but then you get on a plane and go to all these, you know, far-flung places to teach sign painting. And, you know, I, I think that's really great that you've got, like, the two extremes as part of your regular deal. It is. And it's the old adage, uh, take the boy out of Mazeppa, but never the Mazeppa out of the boy. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I hooked up with Sam Roberts, Better Letters of London, where the yin-yang, it's perfect. It's just like, look, I don't want to organize this stuff. You do that. I just right. want to paint. I want to yeah. be myself and paint. And he would stick me in front of audiences at these ad agencies and colleges. Like, what the hell am I doing here? And I didn't have time to get nervous. He just goes, just stand up there like, and do what? Here, here's a clicker. He gave me a clicker and here I was doing, showing people pictures of what I was doing in different places. And it was just comical. And one of the CEOs of, I think it was Saatchi and Saatchi. I didn't even, I still uh, don't know what it is. At the end he comes, he goes, God, that's the best presentation we've ever had. And I said, well, I was told we got a free meal. Yeah, but in <laughs> fairness, you're one of those people that's like natural born entertainer. I have a feeling when you were eight years old, you were probably telling jokes to like the family gatherings or something, because some people just have well, it in them. I was, but I was getting in trouble too. Just fun little trouble. But yeah. I was junior and senior class president in high school because my buddies did it as a bet. Uh, <laughs> let's put Meyer in there, see what he does. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. All of a sudden, okay, you're the president. Well, what am I going to do? Oh, if you're forcing me to do this, well, then we're going to have some fun. So... You know, we, we had the best keg parties, and it was it was a business school uh -huh. for yeah. me, really. Let's see, $26 a keg, $2 a cup. And in the meantime, I love sign painting because my dad was a barber. I was a middle son raised by him mainly there because I was a hellraiser, and in between haircuts, he would paint signs. So I watched that. It's like, that's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I was thinking about this last night, knowing that we were going to be doing this. And I was thinking, I think the, the, the first, and I won't say meeting because it's, um, 
I was I was a lurker for a long time, but I think the the first time that there was interaction, uh, it was virtual, was on Letterville. And mm -hmm. um, I looked a few years back when the framework was still there, and I had joined Letterville in 99 or 98. I can't remember which one. Yep. And, um, you know, for those that are listening that aren't familiar, it, it was like the first generation sign painter forum um, that a family up in Canada started, right? Yep, Steve Shortreed, yep. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was it was like such a blast of fresh air because – you know, all of us were isolated and disconnected, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden this tool was there and people were posting pictures. And, you know, I remember timidly yeah. posting pictures of stuff and just like crossing my fingers that I wouldn't get shredded or whatever. And everybody was so <laughs> supportive and it was a really, really great boost. Um, that then later, I, I kind of feel like the next generation that of that was, the Creative Sign Makers of America forum that um, Mark Fair and you and somebody else yeah. uh, got kickstarted. Well, Mark and I did that because we got fed up with Letterville because it was getting uh, too political. And uh -huh. when people would post stuff, they would just, like you say, shred them. We're yeah, like, hey, yeah. wait a minute here. This is supposed to help each other. And there was a lot of people being very vicious. And I've always said, guns, religion, politics, it ruins everything. Yeah, and that yeah. kept creeping in. Yeah. And it's like, well, these people on there, come to a real letterhead meet and talk to people face-to-face. -face. Let's get back to the origins the way it was. Yeah. So we thought, well, let's just do our own. We came up with the CSA because we're rebels. Definitely Mark is. We uh -huh. thought CSA, let's see, Creative Sign Makers of America instead of Confederate States of America. And then what spawned out of that was quite a bit. In fact, the font sign maker... From that, I, I said to Dave Carell, my friend in Minnesota, hey, Dave, uh, can you work on some kind of logo for this? Uh -huh. For the heck of it? He goes, yeah, I'll come up with something. He's, he makes Creative Sign Makers of America, and then he's looking at it. It's like, I should make a font out of that. And there's Sign Maker, and that's where it came yeah. from. And it well, just... Yeah, yeah. and, <laughs> you know, that, that was another key turning point was Carell's stuff becoming available and then you know a bunch of other really talented people like John Studden and others got involved and yep. started making you know fonts and stuff and that was super exciting because prior to that and I've, I've still got it and this is something else I want to address with you is I've still got um, I don't even know if you remember but this had to have been gosh like 2000 seven maybe 2008 you you had sent me like out of the blue i didn't even know it was coming this box of like old um sign craft stuff uh including a book of type styles when they used to send those out that was all pre-font and oh yeah you know when it turned the corner where all of a sudden you could um you could get your hands on the fonts, you know, prior to that, I had people like John Arnott down in San Diego and stuff. And mm -hmm. we, we, we started and it ended up growing pretty decent size. Um, I think initially through CSA where we were doing like vector swaps where yep. you know, if we had created an alphabet and no one knew how to turn it into a font, we'd be like, well, I've got this cool thing. What do you got to trade for it? And then we'd swap. And, you know, that was really yeah. fun for quite a while. Um, but then to have like these heavy hitters, like, you know, Corral and Studden and all that doing these uh, beautiful 
perfectly executed oh, hand yeah. painted type styles and they were active fonts you could type in was just like it changed it changed my world for sure because i was like yeah you know now i can incorporate all of this stuff and do it in a way where mm -hmm. it's you know it's not going to take me 12 hours <laughs> of design yeah. time to do something simple like i can just utilize this great great work that someone else has made available and incorporate yeah. it into my design just so great and a big part of that was chuck davis of letterhead Fonts. uh-huh yeah yeah and, and i think it was 99 i think that's when he started was it and that far would, back yeah because he sent me some stuff and I've never met the guy. He emailed me and I see you're big into letterheads and snap. And I said, yeah, was there anything I can help you with? And he said, well, I, I, I think we, he maybe had 10, 20 fonts from different people. And I, I said, well, I got a, a letterhead meet coming up. I called it the winter muster. We did it in February. Uh -huh. And he said, do you mind if I put together some CDs and you can hand them out to people? And he, he made a little booklet with it. And I said, yeah, that'd be great. So we're at the meet and we're giving out door prizes. And I said, by the way, if anybody wants these, it's a new company called Letterhead Fonts, if you've seen it. And it was like dropping blood in the water, sharks yeah. just oh. <laughs> And everybody like, oh my God, look at these. And I said, well, tell Chuck you got it here. I'm trying to help him out to get started. And boom, it just exploded. Yeah, I think and everyone I, simultaneously recognized the value in what was being put out there. You know, you had people that had spent decades of their career, yeah. you know, designing these fonts or, or, you know, what really fascinated me was, you know, the old cigar label stuff that people were taking one word yeah. and creating an entire full alphabet number set out of when they might have yeah. only had seven or eight letters, but it all worked and was just like, oh my God, this is everything I've always wanted. You know, that's how it felt to me. Yes. Well, like Gilmore Gasoline, you'd see that. Uh -huh. and go, well, that'd be cool if it was a font. Yeah. There it is. Or yeah. Indian Motorcycle and yeah. stuff like that. So it was a big boost. And then he started doing a lot more with uh, people sending in their pictures of what they're doing. In fact, I never paid for a font. I was like, Chuck, what do I owe you for these? He goes, no, no, no. You've helped me a lot. Just just keep going. I'm like, oh, okay. that's awesome. That's awesome. And he says, we want to do a font of yours someday. I'm like, okay. But I was so busy. I've, I've never had a font made yet. I've yeah, got a lot of Yeah, I was going to say, stuff. I've never seen one. Have I missed it? You well, just haven't I, done it, huh? I've got them painted. And okay. a number of people have said, I'll scan that for you. And I've given it to them. But then they got busy, something else happened, and it's never happened. And then I got to Chuck, Chuck, I'm ready. And he says, well, we don't really need anything right now. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, well. Timing is everything. What I, did, what I just did on my truck where I changed the word sign painter, that comes from Nathan's Hot Dogs. Okay, okay. I was doing a workshop for Colossal in New York, and I saw that wrapper on a hot dog. Uh -huh. uh, God, I love that. So I that I went to uh, Australia and I was doing some workshops and I just sat down and I drew out an alphabet that I thought would look with that. And it took me a couple of weeks and I just said, no, I don't like that G or I'm going to change the I. And then I made capitals, lowercase, nice. and it's sitting in a box. Oh, uh, what a shame. <laughs> send it so, to me. Send it to me and I'll scan it all in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be fun. I 
if Nathan's a listening out there, I <laughs> I don't want a, a lifetime supply of hot dogs. It's the last thing I need, but I do love kielbasa. <laughs> Go Bears. <laughs> It'll just be a cease and desist, don't worry. <laughs> yes, I did a couple other ones where I think it was called Top Heavy, and it was inspired by Alton Gillespie from Texas. He did War Party, this boat. Okay. And I looked at the, the, the alphabet he did. It's like, oh, look at that. Alton and Gillespie, so, I know that with him. Was he a Seincraft guy? Like, was he in Seincraft? Where do I know that name? He's he's probably a modern-day Ed Roth. He's okay. from Texas, and he's done micro-small stuff on just, I mean, his, his uh, card says, still on the planet. Okay. And it's a <laughs> snake that's holding a brush. I mean, it. Alton Gillespie, yeah, like I've said, he's like an Ed Roth. He's just okay. crazy. He's still alive somewhere down there in Texas. I went huh. and saw him once in Wiley, Texas. In Wiley, okay, that uh, that's up just, it's one of the suburbs of Dallas. Yep, and he, yeah. I showed up one day, and there he is, and I, he goes, you know, you and Joe Broxman are the only people who have ever found me here. <laughs> I said, I didn't know you were hiding. He said, well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You got to get him on sometime, but he's... He's awful hard to understand. He's really hoo, 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 kind of like that. I'd, I'd probably have to physically sit down with him with two microphones to get it get it done, huh? Yep. Yeah. And and just shove it into his face. But he's a letterhead legend. He's done stuff at meets. In fact, the first meet I ever went to was in uh, Arlington, Texas. Okay. And I had no idea. I just saw letterhead stuff in Signs of the Times and all this. And I was working at another shop, not on uh-huh. my own. And I thought, I'm going to go down there. And I was all, yeah, this is going to be great. I went there, and I was so scared. And yeah. I had my brush box, and I actually turned around and put it back in the hotel because I was so scared. And I went up to, to sign in, and here comes Raymond Chapman. Hi there. How you doing? Oh. Yeah. Sign craft so legend. When I, <laughs> when I go to these letterhead meets, I know that feeling of intimidation, and that's what I tell people. It's like, I know what you're going through. But they're just people like you and me. And what do we do here? And here was all this going on. Here was a guy standing in front of us. And he had this. What year was that? 1988. 88, okay. There was a guy with a pan with this water. We're sitting there and he's he's saying, no, this is chemicals. You got to be careful. And you shouldn't be dressed like me. He had sandals on, (laughs) no no socks. With acid. (laughs) <laughs> yep, he had glasses on, but nothing to protect his eyes and nothing on his hands. He said, don't do what I'm doing. We're like, what? And he took this piece of glass, he dipped it, he brought it up, and it was Rick Glosson, Angel Gilding. Ah, wow. I didn't know who he was. When yeah. I got back, I read through the magazines. Oh, my God, that was him. And then all of a sudden we heard this. And it was Alton Gillespie doing the Star Spangled Banner on his <laughs> airbrush. Awesome. So we all run to that room. What's what is this? You know, I thought this is this is great, but I was so super intimidated. And the night before, well, it wasn't going so good. I wasn't really in with anybody because I was from way up in Minnesota, and all these yeah. Texans were like, "Hey, how y'all doing?" All this. And I called the wife that night. She goes, "Well, how's it going?" I said, "I don't know. I think I made a mistake. I'm not really fitting in with anybody here." She goes, oh, that's too bad. Well, you're flying home tomorrow. I said, yeah. She goes, by the way, I took the present pregnancy test, and we're going to have our first baby. <laughs> oh, shit. 
So I go back to letter. I mean, I can't think about lettering or nothing. I'm going to be a dad. Yeah. So I'm way in the corner drawing on this little thing and just ignoring it, just looking at the clock. When can I fly back? And this guy came over and he says, what the hell are you doing over here? And I said, it's okay. I'm, 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 I'm taking notes. He said, you can't hear anything over here. Come on. What are you doing? I said, hey, just don't tell anybody. I, I'm really not getting into this. Uh, my wife said, we're going to have a baby. He goes, where are you from? I said, Minnesota. He said, my wife's from Minnesota, Albert Lee. I'm like, oh, yeah. So he got his foot in the door. And he's uh -huh. like, so you can have a baby. He turns around, hey, everybody, this guy's going to have a baby for the first time. I'm like, oh, no. He goes, do you know what gold leaf looks like? And do you know what it is? I said, well, I've heard about it. He says, I'm doing the class in an hour. I'll do it just for you. I said, no, 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 it's okay. So an hour comes by. He goes, all right, everybody, it's time for Jeff Cahill to do gold leaf. <laughs> Jeff goes, I'm going to do it for that guy over there. Come on up here. What's your name? I said, Mike. What? Mike what? Mike Meyer. Okay, Mike, what I'm doing here, he did the whole thing, and it was a oval sign for Mark and Rose Otis. Oh, wow. And I didn't know any who they were, nothing. Yeah. He's doing the leaf, and I'm like, oh, my, oh, that's gold. Sorcery. Then I got it. Yeah. <laughs> it. It turned a switch on. I went around in the meet, and now I'm like, Hello, Raymond Chapman. Let's do this. Uh, hello. And the guy taps me on the shoulder. We got to take you to the airport. No, 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 I don't <laughs> want to go. I fly home. There's my mom, my dad, my wife. Oh, you're going to be a dad. Isn't that something? Yeah, that's great. You should see this gold leaf I saw down there. It was like, it's good, you know. Uh -huh. And there it was. It just, I was shocked by it. And that's my story. And I've talked to Jeff since that. He doesn't really remember it, but he said, that was my job, and that's your job, is to you know, help others. And I'm glad that I'm glad that you shared that because this is something I was thinking about as well. Is you, and I'm sure you don't remember this or have registered it probably or anything. But I was thinking about it last night. My my business and studio that I have right now would not exist as it is without you. And I know that's, uh, that, that you're probably like, what the hell are you talking about? That's stupid. But it's not. And the reason why is because when I first got back to um, painting signs and started my studio in 2005 that I'm currently operating, I had gone through, you know, I'd gone through, uh, you know, working with my dad for, as a teenager. Everything we did was paint, you know, all mm -hmm. by hand, nothing computerized because there were no computers yet. Um, and then when my dad died, I took this job up in Seattle and, you know, the first shop I worked at, they were still doing gold leaf and paint and some silk screening and stuff like that. But, mm -hmm. you know, it was kind of that era um, that we all talked about in the sign painter movie when, you know, computers and plotters were just destroying everything. And in mm -hmm. that neck of the woods, at least what I had exposure to, there was hardly anybody painting. Um, you know, there's Curtis Nichols, who was, um, I think he was in Auburn, Washington. He was doing a lot of paint work still, but there was just a few little people that were still painting and everybody else was just like, screw it. We want nothing to do with paint. Every computer's the future. You're going to have to learn yep. a computer. And I went through that whole period and then I got depressed and on prescription drugs, went through divorce. Like it was total mayhem. And mm -hmm. then when, then I re, when I started the the studio that I have now in 2005 I just moved to San Francisco 
And, but I was super insecure because I was like, I, I'd, I'd never really viewed myself as a legit sign painter, you know, um, because I, I, for years up in Seattle was being told, you know, that that's, that's like old archaic nonsense. We don't want that in our shop. We don't, cause yep. I would, I would go for and be like, you know, we could do this in paint and it would be gorgeous, you know, and they'd be yeah. like, just shut me down, shut me down. But it was right at that time. And it wasn't long after that you sent those books to me, which you mm -hmm. autographed, which I thought was amazing because I'm just like, <laughs> it, it, I was equally excited and bewildered. Like, why did he sign them? <laughs> but <laughs> but it, you had made some statements and messages to me through Letterville and then later CSA of encouragement. You You basically mm -hmm. told me, you know, get over it. You know, you've been doing this your whole life. You're fine. Just go for it. Yep. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And I'm sure you told that to a thousand people in, in over that period of time, but yep. it still do. It empowered me to be like, you know what? He's right. This is all I've ever done. I grew up in my dad's shop doing all this kind of work. I can mm -hmm. do this. And it got me over that hump. And I was, you know, from that point forward, I started getting high profile jobs coming in and I was able to build my portfolio back up and I was like, wow, it's working. And mm -hmm. also you had a website years ago that was like, I don't know what it was. It was super badass. It was like this interactive thing where it was like, you know, welcome to Mike Byers sign shop. And it kind of had this, this aesthetic to it that I was so drawn to, it was, it was very, you know, as you've probably seen, like the majority of my stuff, I still do like aged and distressed old school looking stuff. And, you know, that was kind of the vibe that you were putting out at that time through your website and everything. And I, it was, it just opened up a world of possibilities to me. I'm like, this guy has put together exactly what I want to do with my studio mm -hmm. and, and it can be done. And it, that possibility mm -hmm. is possible. And I just wanted to thank you for that, like, you know, publicly, if you would, because you're welcome. I, I think you're one of those people that is hardwired to encourage people and tell them, yeah, you can do it. And so you do it all day long without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And but it it works. And it's a I'm, confidence I'm, builder. Yeah. And I'm a you recipient know. of it. And, you know, I've had a lot of amazing experiences come about since starting this studio that, you know, again, it tracks back to a, a, a moment in time that I can look at and say, this person got me over the hump and made me stick with it because of the things that mm -hmm. he said. And so thank you for that. You know, I, I think it goes back to my mom. She died in 97 of cancer and she's, she was Irish and just, well, you just, Never mind if somebody's a bully to you or some of that. Like, mm -hmm. Mom, I'm going to go kick his ass and all that. Mm -hmm. He's going to be a friend to you someday. No, just be nice. Like, how can you say that? But it goes back to like the, the Jeff Cahill where I praised him. And he just said, I'm just doing my job. And then that's your job. Mm -hmm. And now I say it to you. It's your job and help someone else. And one of the things that I'm sure people listening know of the uh, the ongoing uh, feud with John Downer and myself. I have to say this, no matter what people have said, don't say anything. You know, you got to have the guy in the white 
cowboy hat and a guy in the black. It's called balance. Yeah, duality. And it went, Winston <laughs> Churchill said, if people are mad at you for something you've done, that's fantastic because you stood up for something you believe in. Uh-huh. And I thought, what? It's And not having the fear of somebody saying, you can't do that. Yeah. Really? Well, where's the school to show us how we're supposed to be a teacher for this? I'll go right now. Well, there isn't. Mm-hmm. John Downer is an excellent sign painter. And if you can't say any good th- about anybody, don't say anything. So anyway, sure is nice outside today. I went out and <laughs> I'm in Iowa now, and so is he. Now we're neighbors. So, John, if you're listening or somebody, tell him, come on up to my church. I welcome you with open arms. Pastor Meyer would like to see you. We we don't have that long on this earth, so why not make it a good one while we're here? Absolutely. I totally agree with that. There's been sometimes, for me too, it's not been a walk in a park. And people thought, oh, you just open the door of your shop and money falls from the ceiling. No, I've done the septic truck jobs, the dumpster jobs that were shit jobs. But I had to make money. And there's times you go, well, when I get this done, and I'm going to try to make it the best I can, no matter what it is, this is going to help me to give me time and money to buy that glass, to buy that gold leaf, to do what those guys are doing, the Noel right. Webers, the Mark Otis's. Yeah. And then I met them, and they sat down with me, and they said, you know, this is who I am, and this is what I do. That's all it is. And I just thought, well, yeah. They just said, turn around and be nice to someone else. Okay. So that's you know, what I've done. And, and on top of it, here's the thing. You are big, you're bold, you're loud, That which that those things draw you as a target because mm-hmm. you're putting yourself out there and, you know, you're this big, loud Midwestern guy. But at the same mm-hmm. time, that is the type of personality that's needed to reach a broad scope of people to help them. It and is. That's what, and that's what you've done with it. And that's really cool because... Even though you're yep. loud and brash sometimes, you're also like the big teddy bear guy because you care about people, and that's awesome. Right, because once you get out there, you're, you're exactly that. You're not hiding anything because there's even been people that have come to me with some pretty serious personal issues. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, look, I'm just a side painter. Yeah, but they need somebody to talk to. Well, sure. I do too, but we're doing this profession that, makes people really happy. Yeah. I've been on a, an air, many airplanes, and one time this lady said to me, you know, you really pass time on a plane when you make conversation. I said, that's right. She goes, well, so what do you do? And I said, well, obviously, you got pain head to toe. I'm, I'm a painter, but what I tell people is my job is to make people happy. Uh-huh. She said, well, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, look around everywhere you go. There's signs. How did you get here? How do we know where to go? That's me. Not everything, but I thought about that a long time ago. Well, in those days of the early 80s with the computer, I had a 4B, and it's like, oh, my God, the Helvetica monster's going to swallow us all. Yeah, yeah. But I said, well, and I got to make money, so I learned how to do it without the monitor and all of that. But I, st- well, but I still like to do this fun painting stuff. Yeah. And I still did it, and I was somehow kept known for, and I've lost some jobs because, well, we, we did it in those stickers. You don't do that, do you? Well, uh, yeah, I do, but, but you're known as a painter. 
Yeah. Okay. And then there's the other thing that I tell people. They they say, well, I would get, was going to have Meyer do it, but I know it'll cost too much. Uh-huh. Well, how do you know that? You didn't ask me. It, is it my fault for being better, for bettering myself so I can do things better? Yes, it will get some more money. But these are the same people that go to McDonald's and want a T-bone steak for the price of a hamburger. Yeah, right. So the business part of my workshops, when I started teaching, which I was scared to death doing, was we need to do things to tell people, sure, we're going to show you the basics of lettering and everything. But as you know, taking the class, there's so many things that happen behind the scenes of a class. Yeah. It's the fun laugh of somebody. It's the food we had somewhere. That's the human element of it. That's why we haven't really done this Patron thing with doing all that because I I just you know, and I that's don't an, like it. That's another thing that has come from your workshop is um, Jess DeMoss, who is um, scratch, uh, scratch paper signs out in Silver City, New Mexico. He, was, he took oh, your, yep. your, shop, your, your um, workshop and we just completely hit it off at, the, at, the, at your workshop. We've become really close friends since then. He's helped me on multiple large scale projects where he's come out and helped me. He's, got, he's gonna be helping me on one um, in New Mexico later this year. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, 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 I went out there and you know, him and his wife put me up in their extra room and I hung out with his kid and had you yeah. know, meals with them and everything. And, and all of that came from that workshop where you know, I look over and there's this kind of hippie-ish awesome dude with sandals taking your workshop. And I'm like, hey man, how's it going? And next thing you know, we're just like totally like brother from another mother. So, you know, oh, that's it. And, and that's again, that's the human side of it. It's like, yeah, it was really cool seeing how you approached your letter structures and the shading and all that. That's mm-hmm. really valuable and, and helpful to see like how another artist approaches it but then you got Mm -hmm. this guy next door you know that you're like oh yeah this guy's cool let's go get lunch you know yeah great well there's there's so many connections that i see because the first day it's a four-day class the first day everybody's intimidated and scared Mm -hmm. but that's where i know that's like well god i say my first rodeo i'm gonna throw some fun stuff in there and poke fun at me uh-huh. And then poke fun at them too, saying, "Well, before this is over, one of you is going to get a nickname, Scooter or Skipper or whatever." And yeah, it, they're still intimidated. But at the end, and there's people that have cried, saying, "I don't want to leave you guys, and this has been fun." Well, that's worth more than the money itself. Yeah, for it's sure. worth way more because you got a friendship for life. You do stuff with people. You can stop by. Hey, I'm on my way here. Can I stop by? Hey, we're doing this wall. You want to jump in on it too? Yeah, yeah. Hey, this. I heard about this barbecue here. Let's try it. Uh-huh. Next thing you know, you go into an antique shop. Hey, I'll show you where I get my neat stuff. Look at this. See this and that. Before you know it, it's like, wow, what just happened? I'm like, I'll be back. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I praise the COVID stopping of everything because it kind of just said pause. Absolutely. Let's just see what's going on. I, you think, know what? And, I, I think if people take from it, that aspect of it, it was a huge gift because yes. I have talked to so many friends who are like, you know, this has really helped me to just kind of reprioritize and see what's important. Yeah. And then you talk to somebody else who, you know, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. And it's like, nah, yeah. that's not how life works. Like, yeah, it was a yeah. huge setback and, and 
really hard on a lot of people and still is, but any experience in life, and you know this, like any experience yeah. in life, especially the tough ones, can make you a yep. much better human being if if you'll do the soul searching from that. Boy, absolutely. And I I take it from other things. I look back on stuff, which I've, I don't know why I did it. I, I went to the army. I volunteered. I was already at, went to sign school, worked at a shop. That came to an end because they were moving. Got to let you go, kid. And I was devastated. Well, let's have a, the Uncle Sam show me the army, mm -hmm. or show me the world. And I didn't do much lettering there, but I learned other things. I learned patience. Mm -hmm. And I was a funeral escort guard in Texas for nine months. I guarded missiles in Germany for two years. I saw a lot of stuff, but it, it kind of slowed me down as a 20-year-old punk that wanted to just take over the world. Yeah. But I already had a skill when I went to the Army because mm -hmm. a lot of them were just, well, they were lifers. It's like, well, come on, we got to play the game. No, I'm not re-enlisting. I have a skill. I got something to go home to. Yeah. Well, you can't do that. Yes, I can. And I did. I'm still in touch with some of those guys, but uh, that was just one little experience. And then there's another one and this one. And you take the good from all those. And when I was doing those funerals, there's six to eight funerals a day we did in that hot San Antonio sun. Yikes. And after a while, you don't get, it doesn't bother you, these mourning people. You don't know who this soldier was, but it was a free coffin and a free uh, gravesite. Mm -hmm. And after a while, you just go, people are different when there's a funeral where they think about, you know, we're, we're not going to live forever. This We better make the most out of it. And I thought, why aren't people like that every day? Yeah. I mean, I'm that way with, we go to a funeral and it's like, well, now I think about what somebody said at one of the funerals. Don't be sad and don't say what if, if this person would have lived. Be happy that you got the time with them. Yeah. It was a great time, wasn't it? Well, Look at the people around you now. Well, and there, there, it's a very powerful thing to to look at, and and you know, there, there's um, belief systems like Buddhism that encourage you to look at that because mm -hmm. it really brings out the sweetness in life. If you're looking at, you know, not in a morbid like downer way, but just to yeah. like look at the fact that yeah, we're mortal. No one gets out alive, like you know, mm -hmm. and. And if you can sit with that and you can digest it, you're able to then look at even the people in your life, even the people you have spats with in your own yep. trade, for instance, and you're able to say, yep. you know, none of this really matters. You know, none of these yeah. things I get worked up out about, about matters. Let's just enjoy the fact that we're here right now. Where we go from exactly. here, nobody can say for certain, but like we're here now, we're interacting and we're all connected. So like, let's, let's make the most of it. How do we know what's going to happen a year from now, a week from now, an hour from now? Yeah. In fact, I sent you a picture two nights ago of my tie rod snapping on my van. Yeah, yeah. I was coming back from up north helping this other fantastic sign gal, and she's going to weld on my trailer. She mm -hmm. does vinyl, hand lettering, everything, but she's a good welder. And I said, hey, how about I bring that up? She goes, I need some of this glue chip stuff done. You do that, and I'll do your trailer. Awesome. Great. So I'm driving back, and all of a sudden, luckily there was no semi next to me. Snap. My, my tires went to the left. If uh -huh. there would have been snow and ice, it would have rolled, yeah. and I probably wouldn't be here. 
All I thought of right away was Herb Brooks. That's how he died, almost on the same highway. He fell asleep in a van and it rolled and killed him. Huh. So I, I, my heart was just racing. I got it settled down, got over to the side. Oh. And then I looked underneath. I got a, a strap, strapped it up, limped it to a Ford dealer. 380 bucks later, I drove it back yesterday. And you got to keep going. I guess yeah. I'm supposed to be here a little bit longer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it can all change on a dime, you know, and mm -hmm. you just, uh, that, that's a beautiful thing too. You know, we look at it and we're like, you know, we, we try to fight change. You know, we all hate change. Mm -hmm. I, I despise change in some ways. And then as I've gotten older, I'm like, nah, not really. You kind of thrive mm -hmm. on change. And so I've, I've kind of, as time's gone on, tried to like lean into it more, like the unexpected and the changes. Like, yeah, I, I kind of exactly. get, get a charge well, out of it. In my small town of Mazeppa, I mean, it's always dear to my heart. It'll always be my home. After traveling the world, they asked me to come to a meeting and say, you know, all these things you've seen, we'd like to make the town better and improvements here and there. Can you come to the meeting with some ideas? I said, great. So I printed out some things I've mm. seen in different countries. And, okay, show us what you got. Well, here's this. And they did this. When I was in Paris, there was this. And then I saw this in Sydney and just looked on these stone faces and like, well, it's not really what we wanted. <laughs> I said, okay, the, yeah. the two letters, one word called two, T-O, that's the key here. And they're like, what? I said, you want change, but you don't want to change. Is that right? Oh, no, no, we want to change. I said, no, you don't. I grabbed all my stuff and I left. Uh -huh. Well, what's the problem? How come he's such a hard ass and all this stuff? No, you're going to buy the same metal garbage can cover that you've had for 20 years yep. it just got rusty and you're gonna do it again you don't want change that's yeah. fine i'll go somewhere else that wants change yeah. now i'm in a small town that there's hardly inter interactive at all you are the still... change because the the number yes. is so small <laughs> there's going to be a change somewhere somehow i don't know what it is but it may be another town that's next to me that finds me and i'll go yep but when the when I finally get back on the road again, I'd like to do a little less of it and do a little more here and more yeah. teaching here. But yeah, now we'll, now tell we'll me see. about that because you had mentioned it in in one of the conversations we had, and I'm in, intrigued. Like now you're going to be living like uh, in in the building upstairs. Is that right? Yep, in the choir balcony. But but you're going to set up a, a sign painting school, correct? Or or am right. I, should I not be Telling That's that. fine. Yes. Okay. I'm going to call it Mass Mid America mass. Sign School. So come to Mass in the church. Awesome. <laughs> so the the main floor it's like a gymnasium because we're pushing the pews away, starting mm -hmm. to set up my stuff, and I put the pews online, and everybody, oh, you make a bundle on that. Nobody. Nobody wants <laughs> There's just tire kickers. Uh -huh. So my brother and I started taking them apart. Beautiful, <laughs> nine foot pieces. Or, uh -huh. I'm sorry, 11-foot pieces of oak. Nice. To just wow. from, from probably the 50s. This was built in 47. But we're going to make this into like a museum, showroom, sign school, library. And that's just the main floor. I still have the entire basement that's empty. Wow, great. That we can do that in the warm months where it's a little cooler. Uh -huh. And because there was an entire kitchen down there. We took that apart, and I'm going to put an overhead door in so you can bring vehicles in. And 
when I do workshops in a big city, I'm the same way. It's like, oh, I've never been to this city before. Let's do the workshop, and I want to go see this, this, and that. Yeah. Well, when you come here, you can take the tour of what's around here in about five minutes because yeah. there's nothing. Yeah, It's a great little corn great field. Great place to stay focused. Yes, yeah, so you'll come back and go, well, that's cool. I'll see that when I leave. Yeah, I'll take you to Minneapolis to the airport. We'll see a few things, whatever. But look at this book. Here's this Atkinson book. Your four days will go by in a in a heartbeat. Yeah. But you want to come back to go, well, there was that other thing he was doing. I want to add sandblast, silk screening, other things that, that you can do. Okay. What I'd like to do is set up a month-long thing where if you have employees and you want to send them to do this stuff, they can be here the whole month or they can be here for one week doing just gold leaf or traditional hand lettering or uh, silk screening, three-dimensional, glue stuff, carve it. Because there's only one school in the U.S., and that's L.A. Trade Tech. So I want well, something here that's more hands-on, but you don't have to move here for a year. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Uh, are you going to also do letterhead meets there? Or are you yes, kind of done? I absolutely. Here's something that I want to do is when you get it all set up, I'd like to come up there just to, like, check it all out for one thing, but... Mm -hmm. If you do a letterhead meet, I would love to come up and do the podcast there and just, you know, grab people and, and sit them yes. down. You know, I think that would be such a, you know, the energy will be so great because letterhead meets always get everybody pumped. And it'd be really yep. cool to just grab people and be like, hey, come over here. Let's talk. Well, it would be like a sporting event. You can be up in the choir. Mm -hmm. You're talking. And in the background, you see the panel jam area going on. Or somebody yeah, I, laughing. A yeah, I could music. be like I could be like a commentator. <laughs> yes. Okay, Myers round down. in the big table now. He's he's let's reaching go down for the to gold the floor. leaf. <laughs> Hi, I've just talked to so and so about gold leaf and all this. Blah blah blah. Let's go back up to the booth. Sean, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> outside we've got this going on. They're going to start sandblasting. I mean, it could be, yeah, like that. And that's what I want to do. But again, it it isn't about me. It's about the entire letterhead thing and what it's about and yeah. to get people inspired like it did for you and many others that, well, I learned it at that meet or Mike yeah. showed me this or that or this guy showed me. If I'm a little bit of part in there somewhere, that means more than any money in the world to me. I'm the richest man in the world with all the friends. Yeah, the material yeah. shit doesn't make anything. I mean, I sold my place in Mazeppa. And an old realtor guy, he was an old farmer from Nebraska, he said, this is going to be your retirement, kid. I said, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> so he's dead and gone. Bless his heart, Harold Kinlan. And so many years later, I put my place up for, I didn't put it up for sale. I talked to people in town, friends I knew. I said, you're buying up a lot of stuff in town. You want to buy mine? Just mm -hmm. as a joke. They said, well, what do you want for it? Well, I don't know, 150 Okay. <laughs> Well, now I got to find a place. That's where the church thing came about. Wow. So here we had a little extra money paid for this cash. I thought I got to do this because this will never happen again. I've been on the ball and chain to the banks all my life. Yeah. So I know that feeling too. But then we got to put a, a big furnace in here and this and that. But it doesn't matter. I'm going to keep working. We'll pay. We'll pay it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So and and we're we're going to do that. But along the way going to help how many other people 
I mean, I, I looked at and have a blast doing it too. Oh, that's that's I mean, the thing is it's yeah you know yes you'll you'll be helping people and you'll have all that but you're gonna have a blast and so will they oh so the other how, place how can how Zeppelin? can you beat that you know yeah it was an old grocery store and I bought it in 1993 for twelve thousand five hundred dollars and it was gonna be tore down uh-huh. it was in that bad of shape yeah buckets all over water coming through but what I saw that day when I bought it was a letterhead meat a shop, all this, and it came. I have to be careful what I wish for because it came true. It was a lot of work, but look at the rewards. Yeah, yeah. And now I see that because when I left Mazeppa, there was a lot of people. What are you, why? Why do you, you can't leave? You know, <laughs> that's their little cocoon. You yeah. can't. You just can't. Uh, I said, well, yes, I can because I'm a creative person. I need more. I have to be more creative. Wait till you see what I'm going to do with this church. And they're just, wait till they stop by. And they're, oh, this is what you, oh, well, I yeah. didn't know. That's because you have been a clock puncher at the Mayo Clinic or IBM your whole life. Yeah. And you look out the door to see what your neighbor has. Oh, he's got a new boat. We got to have a new boat. But we uh-huh. just bought one. Doesn't matter. I got to have a new car. I got to have a better house. I gave up on that many years yeah. ago. In fact, yeah. the building I bought was an old grocery store. And I had to put up with people there. So you can open a grocery store? No, it's going to be a sign shop because they just don't want to change. Yeah. So you opening up a church? No, it's a building. <laughs> yeah, it was a church, but this is a brick building. Yeah. That's what it is. Whatever I do with it, that's me. What they did before, that's great. And after yeah. me, who knows? Maybe it'll be a strip joint. Maybe it'll be an embroidery shop. Maybe the Amish will buy it, do furniture. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What, what are, I don't go into somebody's place and say, you can't do this. Yeah. Who am I to say? So don't you know, say that my, to me. The, but the very first episode I did of this show, when I started, uh, I titled, you can't do it this, you can't do it that way. And it's, it's all about yeah. that. And it's all about, you know, uh, especially like within our trade and stuff, you know, um, mm-hmm. the occasional person that you come across, it's just like, no, you can't do it that way. It's like, yeah, I can do it. However, you got I want the idea for the T-shirts. I don't care what they do in California, right? <laughs> well, no, that's actually, <laughs> you know, that ruffled some feathers, but um, oddly, over the years, more than half of the T-shirt sales for that T-shirt go to Californians, believe it or not. But that t- that that phrase is actually an old hot rod phrase. Um, that spread out to the rest of the country because you'd get these kind of like know-it-all guys that would go do a drag race or a car show in another part of the country. And he'd be, you know, boasting about, well, that's not how we do it in California. And it (laughs) became a thing where people were like, well, I don't give a crap how you do it in California. It's how we're doing it here in Michigan or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. A lot lot of fun. Iowa. I mean, what's everybody know about Iowa? Cornfields and nobody goes there. Why would I go there? Mm-hmm. Even me, living next to it all these years, we always picked on little brother Iowa. Uh-huh. Especially when you see somebody driving in the, the Iowa plates. Iowa stands for idiots out wandering around. Well, now <laughs> I am an Iwegian. Uh-huh. Iwegian, okay, there's, I, a, there's a name for that's, it. <laughs> that's the joke. It's like, well, no wonder. Look at the Iowa plates. So now I can drive as wild as I want to. <laughs> oh, he's from Iowa. So I have to... Start to get used to that. It, yeah, it sounds like you're the Oklahoma of our scenario. Yes. Yeah. In fact, we, we had to get our license and then our license plates. And they, and they were, we were warned, when you go there, 
you got to have your driver's license, your marriage license, your birth certificate. I said, what about my third grade report card and a pint of blood? And they said, just about. You have your original social security card. So we had all that. And But here's one of the things I really loved about it. They said, are you a veteran? I said, yeah. Well, you got to go downstairs. Why? What 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 I do wrong? You got to go see the veteran guy. Oh, so I go in there and he's a Iraq war veteran, got the purple heart stuff on the wall. Hello, soldier. Welcome. I'm like, okay, what's this all about? Do you want to have veteran on your license? Well, yeah, you can do that. You sure can. And part of your sales, your, your property tax, you take money off because you're a veteran. Wow. Really? You didn't do that in Minnesota. So now on my license, it says veteran, because a lot of times you got to prove you carry your DD-214 discharge papers, but not anymore. It's like here, respect. That's what a lot of America needs now. Oh, man. I'm really happy with that. And I'm discovering, last, the other night I was watching PBS, and it was called Lost Cedar Rapids. I thought, I've been through there. There's not much there. Oh, my God. There's a Louis Sullivan Bank. There's a Veterans Memorial Building. There's an old Paramount Theater. There's the Czech Slovak Museum. I can't wait to get down there. Hmm. And it was all devastated in 2008 with the flood. Okay. I mean, I'm proud of the Minnesota history, too, with Duluth and, and everything in the cities. I wouldn't want to be there tomorrow with that trial starting. Hmm. But, you know, here's I'm excited to find all these things out about Iowa and go in these little towns. And yeah. Well, you know, need a it, sign. And and that's that's the that's the thing that I think gets overlooked so much is the United States is so diverse and so you know every little pocket has this really interesting history and the you know people like I had no idea this area down here um, this is a really strange mix the next town over Bremond is the almost the whole community is Polish. And they do mm-hmm. this big Polish annual festival with all the food and the stuff. And it's just like, you know, and you're, you're, you're like, oh, it's Texas. You know, you just, you know, people have these, all these cliches that they think Texas is, but yeah. it's like, no, we've got a really interesting history of there's Czech communities here that, you know, there's nothing yep. but Czech descendants of when they came over and settled the area, you get the whole hill country area was settled primarily by Germans. And yep, whole, New Braunfels, the worst yeah, fest. Yeah, and the whole, um, I'm, you know, I'm a really big, you know, music fanatic, and mm-hmm. there's this whole type of music called Nortenia, which is, you know, it, it's got accordion and, you know, it's very oom-pa-pa sounding, and then mm-hmm. I ended up finding the history on it is when the Mexican cowboys would come work on the ranches in the hill country at night, everybody'd sit around and drink, drink German beer. And the, the Germans would play music with the Mexican guys. And it created this whole new genre of music that's mm-hmm. been around now for a hundred years. Like, you know, there's just so much pockets of interesting, cool stuff that you can yes. go find in this country. That's just super amazing because it's the big melting pot. It is like it's like the All Star Game because mm-hmm. I tell people yeah. overseas, hey, you know, there's a saying that I grew up with where if something is wrong or is screwed up or backwards, they say, "What Polak did that?" It was always the Polish. Mm-hmm. But when I was in London, I saw all these workers there doing everything, 
they just worked their ass off. And I'm like, why were we calling them bad people? Look at them. They wow. worked like a dog. This is great. And then I went to Poland. And I was like, you know, I've kind of seen this before. Kalachki and Czech stuff. And uh-huh. like, oh, what is this? But you grow up with my, I hated polka music because it was the 70s, Skinner and all that. Yeah. But subconsciously, my dad was playing it. I'm like, oh, I got to listen to this shit, the old man. Then when I got into the army in Texas, I went to Worst Fest in New Braunfels. I'm like, I know this song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a blue skirt waltz. Oh, uh-huh. no. I called home, Mom, listen to this. She goes, you're drunk again. What are you doing? I'm at a, a polka fest. This is great. I love it. Oh, sure, you love it now. <laughs> well, your dad's come in. I got to fix supper. See you later. Don't call drunk again. <laughs> okay. Click. But around here, too, there's all that and and more. I mean, the, the acoustics in this church are fantastic. I can't wait to have Patrick Smith come from California to play his accordion here or to have a band in here or guitars. And that that was another thing about the 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 class we had at Norma Jean's. We went to our house that night. You guys played guitars. Yeah, yeah, we had, had a good food. time. It's like, well, I didn't know he played or I didn't know she played. This is there's all these pockets, like you say, of all this stuff. And I think a lot of it's it's a connection with sign people and the creativity. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I do this, but I also do this. I mean, I still love stock car racing because that's where I started looking at cars, building model cars, and now I'm in the hotbed of it. There's yeah, a track yeah. 20 minutes away. Mason City has a track. I'm going to put a four bite there to, to put my name and sponsor to help Paul. It was five bucks to get in admission. I said to the girl, is this right? She goes, <laughs> yes, yeah, five bucks. I said, well, here, take 10. Yeah, co- crazy. Co- copies five bucks now. Like five bucks is nothing. Yeah. So it's like, well, I want to let her some cars. And of course, when I let her a car, they're like, oh, you, you went old school, huh? And I'm like, well, no, I went, well, the sponsors, you can read them. It, I mean, give, the, give it time because once you get a couple out there, there'll be a line at your door. Yeah. You know, all the sticker guys are converting and, and doing paint now because, the, you know, it's the history of it. Like, it's the real mm-hmm. thing. I mean, the wraps, I know a guy that makes big money, and he has a T-shirt business, and he's at the track, and he's an excellent hand letterer, Joe Provenzino, and his brother's race. Now he's racing, too. But there's a difference. See all these cars? Look at Joe's car that he did. He gets mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Because a lot of the vinyl uh, wraps, I call them smears, because it looks like a smear. Yeah. yeah. What? What's In my day, it was... There's the Mr. Pizza car. Uh-huh. You knew that sponsor, and you yeah. went there because he won. So let's go try what, the pizza there. What was the big thing on on the CSA forum? Uh, what signs you can read or something like that? Yep. Did you start that? Somebody started a thing where where it was like post pictures of signs you can actually read, and then a lot of us would also post stuff. We'd be driving around and see some horrible digital thing that you couldn't even tell what it was advertising. We'd post that on there yes. too. Yeah. It was like what I tell students, squint your eyes. Can you see that? Uh-huh. Oh, you know, you, your, your brushwork is excellent. Boy, you did the corners beautiful, but... What are you that advertising? Light, <laughs> that light blue with that magenta shade. Yeah, I don't it's even making think, my eyes cross. <laughs> I don't even think a salon wants that. But yeah, you, it looks good at, up at the screen, doesn't it? But look at it back here. I yeah. don't know what it says. You don't know what it says. I take pictures and I've got that slideshow that I show 
And here's a picture of his red letters with an orange shadow. Uh-huh. And he, when the picture first comes up, people, I, I don't say anything. They just go, oh, oh I said, <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. That's why I had to take a picture. Look at this. The letters are executed nice, but what's up with the color? Make it a gray shadow. And one of the things that's nice about, and I still go up there, Gemini Letters uh-huh. was 40 minutes away from me on the way to the Twin Cities. And they have this box that's, it says free wood. Uh-huh. And it's letters. Okay. There's dimensional letters, there's Coke logos, Michelin man, free, people are using it to burn. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I take them and I show them in the class, see this beveled letter or hold it away. Now that's a shadow. Now this is a cast. There's no better way than to have the actual letter. And Gemini has been such a great supporter of Letterhead Meets, My Meets. They've donated half a million dollars to the Sign Museum in Cincinnati. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. And in fact, when I was in Taylor, before our last day in Texas, I was driving around, I'll see what this town's about, about the outskirts of town, and there's a Gemini logo. Yeah, it's on the same highway that you take out to get to here in Calvert. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I drove by that and thought the same thing. I'm like, wait, that can't be the same Gemini. I'm like, but it's the same logo. What's going on? So I took a, I took a selfie with the, the Gemini sign, and I sent it to Fred Oss, who's the president of Gemini now. Hey, Fred, I'm just checking on the plant down here in Texas. Everything's going good. No worries. Uh-huh. He's like, what the hell are you doing down there? <laughs> awesome. Gemini is fantastic. And that's another thing I'd like to get into my school, too, is they can come down and show stuff or have little freebie plastic things that you can put up in your shop that just say signs. Uh-huh. Because you can make good money with those letters. Yeah, but it, yeah. you can also come from what you hand did. make Let them do it. And yeah. they actually have it 40% up, and then you or you charge that to the customer, and yeah. they make it so easy. Now they're doing LED yeah, letters. And, and, and their stuff's bulletproof, you know, the, like the pin mm-hmm. system and all that they put in it, it. I've never seen failure on their stuff. It's great. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, that was one of the Minnesota things I brag about as well as 3M. Mm-hmm. It's all in Minnesota. I, I, Minnesota. Did, I did training at 3M's headquarters back in... I think it was 96. Mm-hmm. Um, the company that I worked for in Seattle, um, you know, they were on me. They're like, you got to learn this computer stuff. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to survive unless you learn it. And so I was like, okay. And they sent me out there um, for the uh, Scotch print training, which mm-hmm. this is when Scotch print, they, they would train the salesman to take the customer and physically pull them back like 15 feet because the pixelation was so terrible that no one wanted uh-huh. to buy it unless they were far enough away to see what the picture would look like. But yeah. um, the greatest thing about that uh, the whole time I spent there was the color theory class that they had us do. They mm-hmm. had some color theory expert from Europe that was in in doing something else. And so they stepped in and did this class. It was mind-blowing especially at that stage of not knowing a whole lot about all that stuff to learn and then see mm-hmm. over the years, like working for Starbucks and all these other companies, like, Oh, they, I know what they're doing. I know what they're yep. doing. Well, there's, there's three M plants all over Minnesota. You mm-hmm. just drive around and it's like, Oh, there's three M red wing up North and three M started in two harbors, Minnesota up above Duluth as a company that first made sandpaper. Uh huh. Yeah. And their little, little booth, 
is still there saying the, the beginner and 3M stands for Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing. Okay. So they're, they're a big thing. And uh, hello, honey. My wife just looked into the hello, honey. the confessional. <laughs> no. She asked me if I wanted the light on because it has the kneeler. So when you kneel down, the light comes on outside awesome. and you, you talk to the preacher. Please That's promise me you're not going to disconnect any of that. Please keep all of that no. in fact. <laughs> in fact, Michael Clark from Alito, Illinois, stopped by and he knelt down here. And he's a pretty loud guy, and he was, Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord is with thee. Is he the guy, is it, is Clarky his his nickname? Michael Clarky Clark? Yep, I don't know of, why I remember that. Some of the old forums or something. Yep, yeah, yep. he's he's phenomenal. And I've actually had two or three other people here. Chris Lovelady, who's okay. tried to do letterhead meets, bless his heart. Yeah. But the COVID thing, yeah, he's going to yeah. come up again. He's... He can, I, I'm gonna probably jump on my motorcycle and ride up there and see you. That'd be a fun you ride. You should. I, I've not ridden through that area. Chris is an excellent sign guy. Uh huh. Not only hand, he's the only guy I know that went through Colorado, who did the Rocky Mountain art and sign design class. Okay. And I've heard of that, but I, I didn't know anyone who's done it either. And it and it he was from Vermont and he just went out there and went to school, and but he can also crochet. Mm -hmm. He makes little hats and mittens for people. Nice. He has his own garden. Okay. He's an excellent cook. I mean, I I I want to marry him. Well, but, you know, but I'm not that way. You but. you could you could do your own divorce and marriage ceremony now that you have a church. Yes, but I would never give up the battle axe. No, you know, you keep the battle axe, <laughs> but you know, maybe you could do a Mormon thing and like you know have more than one spouse. It's been done. True, yeah. Colt Bowden, he's a Mormon. We get him out here. I mean, look at all this connection of all this stuff. Went Salt Lake City, we did a class, and I was like, wonder how many of them were Mormons. Uh -huh. And we asked a guy, he came to my little camper, Pascal from Canada was with me. Like, how many were Mormons? And he goes, How many do you think? And I said, Maybe those two over there and that one. He says, Yeah, they were, they weren't. Doesn't matter. They're great people. It, but it was just fun. It's sure, just like sure. well, the big melting pot, you know? Yeah. How many people like hockey? How many people like polka? Well, if you don't, too bad, because we're going to listen to this. But I'll listen to your stuff, too. And that's that's the great thing about the travel. It's been, I mean, one of the things that I had no idea was going to happen. I was on a train going to Warsaw, Poland, and I looked out, and here's these guys carrying machine guns, and they came through, and I'm like, what is this, the old West? Is there Indians going to come on and take over? And here was some lettering that had these little tails on the bottom of the lowercase letters. I'm like, uh -huh. I've never seen that in my life. How am I going to teach these guys how to do lettering when I've even seen that? Yeah. Same with Denmark. Huh. There's an O with a slash through it. There's the A with the circle on top. And then in France, there's a C with like a five on the bottom of it. Well, that's true. They have different alphabets. So, yeah, you so all new stuff. That's, that's something I thought of. We're making my own font. I'd like to make it where it's worldwide because they'll be like, well, yeah, thanks a lot. We can't use it because you never made that. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna try to do that. Like the umlaut in the in the German language and then the Spanish with the little sombrero over the top yeah, and all yeah. that. But it really woke me up to all that because I remember being in Copenhagen with with Jacob Enberg and here was this old sign. It said, you know, Silkeborg. 
and I thought it was oil. It was an O with a slash in it and an L. Well, that means beer. Oh, wow. One symbol. So af- after after uh, the workshop, we'll ha- go have an uh. <laughs> it's what? Some, someone just uh. messaged me yesterday and said, you should put Jacob on the show. Yes. Uh, oh, I, I want to reach out to him. I follow great... him on, I've been following him on Instagram for a long time. He does great work. Oh, a great story with that guy. He, he took my class, and he was working at another sign shop. And I went up, and I said, boy, your lettering's fantastic. You should go on your own. And he said, well, I thought about it, but I don't know. And, and like a couple months later, he messaged me. He said, I did it. I went See? on my own. There you go again. <laughs> but it, it was, he'd have to tell you the story. It was something about where he was big into drugs and stuff, and he almost took himself out. Yeah, yeah. And because he did that, it changed his life. I, I think I think art has has saved a lot of us, you know, from an early demise. I know it has in my case. Well, the connections before, I mean, I started, sign school was 7980. And it was all prehistoric stuff. We had no idea a computer would come along. Yeah. And working in those sign shops then was tough. They were some tough bastards. Oh, hell yeah. You don't do yeah. it that way. And they hit you in the head. What the hell are you or, doing? Or my favorite was they would give you information that would intentionally screw your job up so that they could chuckle. Yes. That was always a joy. And, and you know, I, I try to do a little bit of that in the workshops to make them think and make them work. Yeah. Well, why did you do that? I said, because now you learn. You're going to do that again? No, you're not. See, yeah, this well, is what happened to this me. This was more sadistic. It was more like, oh. yeah, no, go ahead and put that in your paint, you know, just yeah. so you'd screw everything up. Or I'd leave my lunchbox, and they'd take stuff out of it and put packing peanuts, and I'd think, oh, I left my lunch. I don't have to go out for it. Open it up and ha, 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 you uh, know. Or, these or were the same guys got... that would start drinking at, like, you know, 8 a.m., and drink the yes. entire day, you know. It's like a whole different culture back then. And and playing cards uh-huh. at 10 o'clock and 3. That was a big thing. Well, get over here. Well, that, i got to finish this letter. Get the hell over here. Because I was bad at cards, and they knew they could take me for money uh, playing Huckley Buck. Down here, down here it was dominoes. Yeah, it's like... Oh, here comes payday. Shit, half my check goes to these idiots I work with. Because I'm not playing this card shit anymore. And then there was Christmas where everybody got a turkey. Well, I was out on a job. When I came back, I didn't see any turkeys. They took my turkey and put it in this truck that they went out and did neon and, and repairs. Of course, being frigid Minnesota, it'd be okay there for a while. Uh-huh. Well, in the springtime, if we were slow painting, you go out and help install and he's like, open up that back door and hand me that whatever. And I open it up. Hey, there's a turkey in here. It's all moldy and stuff. And they're like, well, you should have took it home. And I said, well, it's not mine. I said, yeah, it is. No, it isn't. And they put that in there as a joke because I was gone. Well, I was living at home with my mom anyway. And they're like, hey, mom, here's this turkey. Oh, my God. Is it alive? But those are fun things that you got to, like we're talking. Yeah, it's like experience you got to learn from. Yeah, yep. yeah. And when you get somebody, if somebody's rough with you like that, it really means that they like you. Yeah. And that brings me to the story of John Jordan from Australia, the little shit. He was like four foot tall, and we traveled a lot. Uh-huh. And he was so rough. He called me uh, Beefcake. Come here, Beefcake. Yeah, they sent me here, man. I'm like, you little shit. Where we? 
And I said to his son, or his, yeah, his son Paul, who just passed away, so why is your dad so mean to me? What an asshole. He says, he likes you. He really likes you. <laughs> what? Is that, what, what kind of friend is that? But he showed me so many things. Yeah. He did so many things. I just thought, God, I, and he was in his 70s then. We did uh -huh. a couple gold leaf jobs in St. Paul, and he just, he just literally whipped me. Yeah. Here's how you do it, kid. Do this, and you hang out. I've had this cutting knife since 47, and blah, blah. And the stories, and I'm like, yeah, but, geez, it's it so overbearing. <laughs> but it was so fun. It's like, God, this guy is going to be around forever. I need to do more with him. And we did. And, you, you know, I told that to Paul, and Paul was actually an ordained minister, and he would help people with marriage counseling. Uh -huh. And towards the end, he retired from the signs, but he was still doing gold. But just fantastic to talk to him. And in fact, he out of the blue, he emails me. He says, Hey, I'm I'm in the hospital. I got cancer, but I think I can beat this. And I'm like, You'll be all right, Paul. You, uh -huh. Like your dad. You know, a month later, he was gone. Uh -huh. So there's another thing where, well, I'm happy I got to know him. I did a lot of things. And what would he want me to do? Go out and help some other people learn it. Yeah, yeah. Just like and speaking of that, I noticed something too in a post. Um, you've got a book coming out that you're doing with be through Better Letters, right? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, we started, what, what, what is the book? Well, a lot of people in the classes have always said, "What did you say again?" I need to write this down, and I'm like, Sam Roberts, who teamed with me back in 2013, he says, "You know, we need to make a book." sometime and I said yeah 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 well we actually sat down and said no we're going to do it and he had a publisher lined up okay this was I think two and a half years ago already uh -huh. so we went into this meeting this day to see the publisher and there was this nice lady and then there was this old lady who was the head of the publishing and she was mean mm -hmm. <laughs> I kept looking at her and it was she she's just and I said you know what lady before this is over, I'm going to make you smile. I'm going to make you laugh. Because this is a book from me, about me, and it's going to be fun. And if this doesn't work out, then we might as well leave right now. Yeah. And she started laughing. I said, see, there you go. And Sam goes, oh, no. <laughs> and I said, well, I guess I got some work to do. She said, you're damn right you do. Wow. So, Tough customer, man. <laughs> yes. And, but I thought, that's the kind of publisher I want. She yeah. pushes. So Sam did the majority of writing. He would, okay. he would Zoom with me or just type stuff. When you do this, the pounce wheel, how about this? What, what additive? We learned a lot because he went to a brush manufacturer in, in London and asked him about things mm -hmm. that I didn't know. I said, we need this in the book. Okay. So we tried. I'm sure there's some stuff we're going to forget, but I thought, let's do it. And then we had Jess Brandries from Amsterdam do the illustrations. Okay. So this, oh, that's working great. On this. His stuff is awesome. Oh, yeah. So we, very excited this, to this see book, that. It's been in the, the can, as they say, and it was supposed to come out last, uh, this time last year. Uh -huh. But they said, we can't put it out because you need to support it. I'm like, well, we will support it. They said, no, it's like a band. You yeah, put out yeah. your album, now you got to go on tour. Uh huh. But COVID came along and said, no. Yeah. So now I guess it's coming out in May. Okay. In fact, some people from Germany emailed me and said, I can't wait to get your book May 21st here in Germany. I said, really? I didn't know who was coming out then. The but 
we, we're going to do some book signings and this and that when stuff finally opens up. Awesome. But it's got so much in there, and I did, I had to do a cover. Sam says, just do what you want. Great. Mm-hmm. So I did it, and, of course, the publisher said, no. <laughs> but this yeah, but is what I want. <laughs> yeah. They said, no, do another one. So I did another one. No, change this or that, change it. They said, no, scrap it. What? <laughs> then, so I took, I've got a Dr. Seuss book called The Foot Book. Uh-huh. They said, what have you come up with? So I took off the foot book and I put the sign painting book and sent it to him. I says, do you like that one? <laughs> Take that. Foot show. Anyway, so I did another one and they were finally happy. Yeah. So anyway, that's ready to go. And in the meantime, since COVID, of course, Sam lived in London with his wife and two little girls. And he didn't have any kids when we started this, so... I got to see them being born, grow up, and everything, and hear his wife, the morning sickness, the other side of the wall. It's like i become part of the family because I'd be there for a couple weeks, and then I'm off to these other countries. And his youngest one, Tala, would say, where's Mike? Where's Mike? One of the first words was, Mike, Mike, where's Mike? (laughs) So it was weird because, and then his oldest daughter, Nika, I would see her, and she's just talking baby gibberish. The next time I come by... Hello, Mike. How's it going? And all this. I'm like, your baby speaks English. And they're like, well, of course. Uh, yeah, but it's English, English. So that, that caught me. <laughs> anyway, Sam moved to Spain because his wife's a teacher. Okay. And they want the, the girls to see another country, learn another language. They've been there over a year. And he used this COVID time to write books. Okay. So he's doing a book. It's, he's got it done. It's called Ghost Signs. And he Are started doing... doing okay? uh, and, and you look that's like you're struggling right now. You doing okay? I just... This you pipe, you know. I swallow something funny? Okay, gotcha. Mm. So what happened was uh, he, he started doing another book. He says, I got nothing else to do here. We can't do the workshops. So he took all the show cards I did for the workshops, uh-huh. took pictures, and now we have a show card book coming out. And I didn't oh, realize it. There's over 100 cards. Nice. Because I would just do the show card. And just set and it aside and move on. Yeah. And put it on Facebook. And yeah. pretty soon I'm like, geez, what are we going to do with all these? Maybe people should see them. They're just sitting in a file. So... He took pictures of them, sent them to me, and he'd say, well, tell me what you were thinking when you did this card. Uh-huh. So that's what we described after every picture. So it was like, what a oh. great, What a great thing that you guys uh, were able to team up where he's got all of that, you know, personality, the way he's wired and that skill yep. set combined with your chaos, you know, mm-hmm. like to, to kind of tame the chaos. It, that's a really great. That's awesome. I was in New Zealand. I went down there doing letterhead meets, and I did a, a class there. I didn't really, I didn't want to do a class, and they said, you know, you should teach side painting. I think you do good. And I said, ah, I'm just a painter. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And they said, no, well, you're going to have to do something because this Saturday we got 15 people coming for you to teach. I said, what? So I just <laughs> said, God, I'm really nervous, you guys. I don't know really how to do this. If you want your money back, 
I'll give it to you. If this lasts an hour, I'd be surprised, but here we go. I'm just going to talk through how I do a sign. Uh -huh. Six hours later, I thought, where are you guys going? Well, we got we to gotta go home. I'm like, oh, I'm not done. And this, save it for tomorrow. <laughs> uh, oh, I guess this isn't so bad. Yeah. So then my buddy Ash Bishop at a shop who I met through Letterhead and Meat a long time ago in 97, he says, get over here. I've got 100 stores. This was in October 2013. Get over here. I've got 100 stores to paint for Pret-a-Manger, Pret-a-Manger. I said, well, 100 stores. He goes, you're fast with the brush. Get over here. I need you. I'll pay for it. Where are you? I said, well, I'm in New Zealand. New Zealand? What the hell? Okay, I'll pay for it. So he pays for me to fly to the States, get another plane to go to London. I've been up for 36 hours. I get to London and I said, I got to go to sleep. He goes, we're going to this talk about ghost signs tonight with uh -huh. this guy. I said, well, you go ahead. Let me know how it goes. I'm going to, I got to go to sleep. He said, no, come on. And some of the other guys are going to be there. Stuart, Scott, Tim, all this. Uh, no, no. We'll meet him at the Black Friar. And, uh, you'll get your second win. I know you. So we get on the train and uh, uh, we get to the Black Friar. How you doing? And there's a second win. All right. What are we doing? <laughs> so we go to this talk and it's, there's all these people and we sat right in front. I got my bib overalls on, paint all over. And then I started falling because Sam was talking. All right, go signs of the, and I'm, well, you know, just your head bobs. And my yeah, whole yeah. body was bobbing. I'm like, then I saw him later. I said, hey, I'm really sorry, man. But I, I've been up 40 some hours, just came from Australia. He goes, well, you're the guy that's doing the workshops. And I said, no, I've only done one workshop. What do you mean? <laughs> he goes, well, Ash has some people lined up to do a workshop. And I want to come over and see how you do that. Oh, gee. No, I'm, I'm here to paint these pret a stores. He goes, uh -huh. well, we'll see. And that's how I met Sam. Okay. So we do this class at Sam's or at, at Ashes in London. And Sam says, wow, this is great. Who organizes these? And I said, I really don't know. Uh -huh. I don't know. I just, they tell me I got to do this. Evidently, they told their buddies. And I said, well, maybe we should put on Facebook and start this. He said, well, I'd like to do that. I'm in between jobs. I was at an ad agency and now... I said, yeah, you do it. I don't give a shit. You do it. I don't uh -huh. want to do that. Yeah. And that was seven years, eight years ago. And you've been all over the world. I said, look, world. you take a third of everything. You just line up whatever the hell you want. He said, what about your shop at home? I said, oh, that'll be fine. It's okay. Uh -huh. Okay. So we did it. And at one point, I was gone for three months. And I think at the last one, I was out, gone nine months out of the year. Uh-huh. And I was getting pretty used to it. It was it was pretty good. There'd be times where you miss home, but but what am I? What would I do if I was home? The you same know, pro, pro, props to your wife too for for you know sacrificing and and letting you do that and not letting you do that, but just like supporting yeah. you and doing that. That's really cool. Well, I finally got her a smartphone. Uh -huh. If if anybody knows the axe, she been fired for three jobs for swearing so that's why she is a battle axe <laughs> but awful. we got to talk to each other through the smartphone so it was better and then i could see my cats yeah, and yeah, yeah listen to some polka and this and that but yeah she's 35 years stuck that's with amazing. me and that's wonderful nobody could handle me and i nobody could handle her so i guess we're stuck with each other for I, I, 35 I like, I like that old joke of um 
It's a good thing we found out each other so we didn't ruin two other people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> True. Battle axe, could I have a glass of water, please? There she goes. Okay, She's so going down the aisle. So you just mentioned polka, and, and I like to ask whenever I get somebody on the show that I started to sing at the beginning and it everybody seems to enjoy it. It's like what what's on your iPod right now? And then basically just like what have you been listening to for the last month, like in the studio? WRJQ. It's okay. a polka station out of Appleton, Wisconsin. Okay. T. No, no commercials. Uh-huh. And it's just happy polka music 24-7. Like I always tell people, never a sad song. You know, it's that's fantastic. why I love Zydeco for the same reason. Yes. You know, it's just if, if I'm if I'm feeling a little low energy or feeling down or whatever, and I got work to do, if I put on Zydeco, I'm like, all right now, let's get this going. Yeah, I, I saw Buckwheat Zydeco in Red Wing. Uh-huh. And I, he, I think he's still alive. I don't know. But he was so old, they had to lift the accordion on him. Oh, wow. And then when he got it on, it was he was all over the stage. It was, yeah. like, fantastic. Amazing. That's another thing my dad would listen to, because when he was in the Army, he had a buddy from Louisiana, and he uh-huh. liked the Cajun stuff. Okay. So we would, we would play that. And later on in years, he was a janitor at the Mayo Clinic, and he would love to come up and help me paint. And, and I showed him a lettering quill because he always got the hardware store shitty brushes. I said, Dad, this is the, the stuff you're supposed to use. He said, oh, the hairs are too long. I don't want to do that. So he would just fill in. Uh-huh. But he was happy doing all that. Sometimes I didn't know when he was there. All of a sudden, oh, there's the old man. He'd come and leave a sack and it'd say MM on it. And there'd be some racing newspapers, some polka CDs, some shop rags. Some One time it was a new uh, cordless drill. Uh-huh. Then I asked my brothers when he passed away, I said, did you guys ever get a sack with your name on it? And they said, yeah. And wow, that's cool. he didn't say this, but we knew that he meant this. Don't tell your brothers about this because then you'll fight on, oh, you got this and you got that. But we never would have anyway. Yeah, we but, just laughed but he about tried it. to keep everybody at bay with it. That's yep. cool. In fact, he didn't want a funeral. So we didn't mm-hmm. give him one. This was in 2014, but we did a little get-together at a bar in Mazeppa, and we had a whole bunch of pictures. But the stories of people were fantastic. Yeah, your dad cut my hair. He wasn't the barber that gossiped. In fact, uh, he was very quiet. But he knew what was going on because the farmers all talked. Yeah. And he listened. He'd come home, my mom say, well, what was the gossip at the barber shop today? I don't know. <laughs> that was it. He would say He said more by saying nothing. The vault. Because <laughs> that, he was—that's a guy to entrust your secrets with. There was one day that there was a guy named Al Qui, who was running for governor of Minnesota. It was an afternoon. I was there after school, and it was packed. It, smoke everywhere, pipes, cigars, everything. This was uh-huh. 1969, eight, whatever. Here come Al Qui, and I'm like, oh my god, he's running for governor. I see him on TV. See, he's handing out these pamphlets to everybody in the shop, and then he finally comes the old man who's cutting hair. He's got his pipe, and he just looks at him. I'd appreciate your vote. The old man put his pipe and scissors down, and he grabbed it, and then he went around and grabbed all the other ones and ripped them in half. Oh, wow. Said, Get the hell out of my barber shop. Nice. Some of the guys were like, oh, my God. Some were like, yeah, you tell him, George. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. My uncle was across the street, ran a bar, and he was an alcoholic, uh-huh. and he had polio since he was 10, so he could never drive, and he had one bad arm and I would be in there and here comes Joe nine in the morning 
totally hammered, drunk off his ass, wanting a haircut. My dad had just cut, just ignored him. Uh-huh. He's going to cut my hair and all this, and he'd, and he'd leave. And the next day, he'd be sober, and we'd be go over there to get pie in the afternoon, and they'd talk like nothing happened. Uh-huh. It was so he had, just, he had, and then he had, he, was, he had his own management style. <laughs> when he was growing up, all right, you boys, because his mom died when he was seven, when Joe was four. So when it was supper, wash your hands. Well, Joe would just stick his hand in there. My dad would wash his too. So he washed three hands. Wow. <laughs> and I, I was the caregiver of Joe towards the end because he was right across the street. Okay. But since Joe, we did all his signs and I could do whatever I want there. It was great. And Joe really raised four decades of kids because everybody went to Joe's uh-huh. after school anytime because there was Joe sitting there he didn't have a car he lived there okay so after after so his, church, his whole universe Joe's, revolved around it 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 did yeah. and uh it's like uh, go get the Sunday paper at Joe's or after school we'll pick you up at Joe's after the bus I mean it was just Joe uh-huh. so when he passed away I, I painted a big pictorial 12 foot high cut him out of a picture of him sitting on a bench from the waist up, and I put it on the building where he used to be. Nice. That's awesome. Just, and people come over, well, it's good to see Uncle Joe still sitting there. And the first month it was up, some kid stole the top half of it of his head. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was in Phoenix doing a workshop, and some kid said, hey, somebody stole Joe's head. <laughs> I said, well, can you find it? Here's the kid that stole it. Put it on Facebook saying, hey, look what I stole at the bar last night. <laughs> so all he had to do was tell the cops, and he went and got it. <laughs> and the cop says, well, when this guy comes back, he's I'm going to have him. Maybe he'll press charges. So when I got back, I said, no, never mind. Shit, Joe's still getting in trouble, and he ain't even here anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. we put it back up, and it's still there Awesome to this day. So there's there's little stories like that. In fact, I had this sign that I put up. After I left the sign shop I was at in 1989, uh-huh. there was this corner that everybody drove by to go to Rochester because Mazeppa was a sleeper town. Okay. And it was a, a, a girl, Iron City Beer, and she was it was a Gil Elvgren print pinup. Uh-huh. She's like this, and she's holding a six-pack. Okay. So instead of the six-pack, I put my oval logo. Uh-huh. And I put it on there, and pretty soon it it, it became... It's not a sign anymore. It became not not really an icon, but it became a, a what do you call it? A landmark. Because uh-huh. I'd hear people say, well, you know, when you go into Orinoco at Mike's Girl, take a right. <laughs> and, and in fact, there was a new ski resort that opened in Mazeppa in 2007 or 2000. And the guy came to me and he says, you know, your sign down in Orinoco is grandfathered in, don't you? I said, no. How'd you know that? Because he wanted to put a sign there to say ski resort seven miles. Dude, you got to so make he, that into a t-shirt. Yes. I bet yes. you all so those little went, stores will sell it. <laughs> he went to the meeting saying, I want to put this sign there. And he said, well, you can't because you don't ski there. He said, uh-huh. well, Mike Meyer doesn't do his signs there. Well, he's grandfathered in. Oh, so <laughs> it's like 10 years go by and they close that road off and they made a bypass. So here's the sign still. There's a lot of weeds around it, and I would trim it. Uh-huh. Well, I got a call from the city saying, you need to move your sign. I said, well, why? Because there's a lady up there that says a lot of people come up there, and they're looking for Mike Meyer, and 
she don't like that anymore. And I said, oh, well, shouldn't there be more people complaining about this if it's a real hazard? Well, I don't know. I'm just telling you, you got to move it. I said, well, I'll come to the city council meeting. So I went to city council. And they said, open mic. Okay, what's your name? I said, I'm Mike Meyer. Oh, you're the guy with the girl on the car. I said, yeah, that's why I'm here. Well, what's the problem? I said, well, somebody from your council here called me instead I have to take it down. Oh, no, don't take that down. We like that. <laughs> well, somebody doesn't like it. And I said, are you the, the lawyer? And he says, yeah. And I said, well, let me ask you this. And I want this on record. Are you taking this in the minutes? They said, yeah. I said, well, if something like this happens, don't they have to get a whole bunch of signatures and a petition? He goes, yeah. I said, well, where's the petition? He said, just leave it up. Forget it. I said, okay, well, as long as that's in the minutes. Yeah. All right. So I left. Two months later, and it, it had been out there maybe 20 years, and it was, the, I, I used Ronin bulletin colors, and it was uh -huh. getting a little faded. And I got a letter saying, if you don't take this down and fix it in 30 days, it comes down forever. Oh, I said, well, this lady really doesn't give up. So it was in two pieces, the head and her body, and then the hand with the logo. So I took uh -huh. the logo back, finished that, brought it back. Then I took her, redid it with automotive paint, clear-coated, put it back within 30 days, took uh -huh. pictures of all this. And as I was putting it up, here come this truck. And I looked behind me, and it said City of Orinoco. And the guy was just watching us. And I said, it's within 30 days. Uh -huh. He goes, oh, hell, I don't care. I just mow the lawn, pick up dog shit around town. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, can I get a picture of you? proving that we're doing this sure i don't care so we did that i printed it out and in the town there's some other really bad signs and in that letter i got it says any signs in town that are weathered like that you have to take them down or so i said if you're going to pick on me you better pick on all these and i had pictures of their signs too uh -huh. sent it into them didn't hear a thing yeah so here comes the move we were out there in November of 2020, taking her down because she's got to come with me. We're taking it down, and two people showed up. One guy says, oh, don't take it down. And I said, well, do you want to buy it? Yeah, I do. I'll put it on my barn. Four grand, and it's yours. <laughs> oh, well, I can't afford that. <laughs> well, I can paint another one, but if you really want this, it's four grand. Nope. But I got a truck I need lettering on it, so I got a job from that. Then this lady <laughs> was walking her dog. Oh, don't take that down. Here we go again. It's mine. I'm taking, I'm moving. She goes, you know, I have an old camper I'd like some lettering on. Can you come over to my house and look at it? <laughs> yeah, sure. So it's sitting in the, the pews right now. Okay. I haven't put it up yet because the onslaught of what will come in, I got to uh -huh. get everything ready because yeah. people have seen my trucks, my Studebakers, and like there's something going on there. Yeah. But when I'm ready inside, then I can put it out there. And let the circus ensue. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. So these well, are just well, some looking, of the stories. I'm looking forward to coming up there and, and checking it all out. Oh, uh, it's one thing that I gotta work on is a website and getting my merchandise because a lot of people out there have been hounding me and I've been slow getting on out there because I've been moving. That's my yeah, excuse. Yeah, but once yeah. that's done, I'd like to even do a podcast here since I have this nice sound booth. Uh-huh. And uh just taking care of people's sign sins.
Yeah. Your signed prayers have been answered. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm glad we got to do this because we tried to I do this too. for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I am too. And uh, I appreciate you carving out the time. And um, I'm sure there's be plenty of people who get a kick out of it. Absolutely. I've heard a lot of people in my travels saying, have you heard Coffee is a Sign Painter? I have. Sean's asked me to be on there. I just, I'm going to find the time someday. And then there was a time where we were going to, but I didn't have the right stuff. Just like yesterday, we got to do this. Uh, in fact, I went to a place and I threw the iPad down. I said, I got to set this up for just Zoom for me. Uh-huh. And he laughed. And I said, what's so funny? He's a young kid. And he goes, there's a lot of people your age that come in here with this kind of stuff. <laughs> I said, oh, thanks. And I took my mask down. I said, I'll be 60 in June. Am I the old guy? And he goes, <laughs> well, not really. Anyway, that's... When my show card book is the new 30, man. It is. I don't feel like, well, all that moving and all the the boxes going up and down them stairs. My knees are just killing me. But that's where CBD comes in. You just rub it on there. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool. Well, uh, tell your wife I said hello. And thanks for carving out the time. And uh, look forward to uh, seeing what you put together with that building. In the school. Well, keep doing the great sign stuff that you're doing. I love seeing your stuff and your little Thank Nash. You. I want to ride in that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I've got, <laughs> I, I, I went the Studebaker route too. I've got an old 1950 Studebaker champion. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. You got to go up it's to a cruiser, the Studi man. Museum. Where's yeah, that? Yeah, in, in, uh, in, oh, Illinois. Uh, South Bend. Indiana. South Bend, Indiana. Yeah, you know, there was like 47 car builders in Indiana alone at one time. Wow. The Auburns, the Dusenbergs, all that. Yikes. It's just it's just rich in that wow. area. So okay. you should really trailer your bike with the studie. Uh-huh. I might do that. There. I might do that. You'd love it. <laughs> all right, man. Here comes the axe with my tea. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. All right. On that note, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Sean. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, everybody. Okay, have cats. This is the part of the show where we play a song from the Arhuli archive, so pay attention. You can get these tunes from the legendary Arhuli records at arhuli.com. Now sit back, open up some one shot, crank up the volume, and expand your minds, babies. In the Morelos Mountains, campesinos are planting their fields. Where the ghost of Zapata rides a horse that can still outrun the wheel. High in the sky above and clear out of sight. Where the free Mexican Air Force In the city of San Antonio, a cowboy is cooling his heels. Remembering that God gave us herbs and the fruits of the field. But a criminal law that makes outlaws of those seeking light. Take the free Mexican Air Force, Mescalito riding his white horse. Lion so high, yeah. 
Lying so high, high. 